This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I, I, I'm Steve Peasley, and it's Tuesday, December 10th, 2019. And we've all been watching the news, just all every day changes and gives us some new information. What was new today? Uh, let's see, I think that uh, uh, the Trump and administration, the Chinese, are t- talking about postponing the new tariffs, and then later on the day, no, they're still on track unless they can get this deal done. So, I mean, that was the big news. Other than that, there was no one could, everyone could care less about the impeachment announcement thing, so no one cares about that. The market didn't care anyways. So, other than that, there's nothing really to drive the market at this point, up or down. Uh, economic news that we had last week wasn't bad. And I think, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that later on today. We really will. I'm Steve Peasley, and thank you for joining me today, and I hope you will also call me. This is a call-in show, and whatever direction you want to take it, that's where we'll go as long as it's financial. It's all about finance. It's about growing your money, saving your money, putting in the, get, making it grow to the best use. In other words, you want to be an interest earner instead of an interest payer at some time in your life. As you get older and older and older, instead of paying interest, like paying for mortgages or cars, I don't even believe you should be paid for a car you know, on an interest. You should buy that with cash. Um, and there's no excuse about, well, gee, I can't afford a car. Yes, you can. You just got to lower your car sites to a cheaper car. And you got to slowly build to a better car, but pay, save up for the money to pay cash. But anyway, unless you can get interest free, interest free, I don't believe in that. This is the goal. The goal is not to be in debt. That's a goal. Now, there's good debt and bad debt. Good debt being an asset that appreciates, bad debt is an asset that depreciates or is not an asset at all. So that, that's what we want to do. Financial freedom is our goal. And you got to get there by not paying everybody else all your money. You make money on your money. That's how you get there. So give me a call. 888-99-CHART is our number. 888-992-4278. Any financial questions are welcome. Well, Christmas is almost here. And then, of course, it'll be January. So we'll have the end of the year coming up. So how did you do this year in your goal to financial freedom? Did you get are you getting closer? I hope so. Our listener line is always open. The number is 888-99-CHART. So we can talk about that. And I did tell you that I'm going to be in, um, at the, by the end of January, I will be in Dallas, Texas, Dallas, on Friday, January 24th. I do have a couple, three slots left, but it's getting tight. It's getting tight. I'm, what I'm trying to do is reserve, uh, reserve as many spots as I can for people with and without a lot of assets, you know, so that, you know, I can make it worth my while and make it worth your while. So give me a call. We'll set up an appointment in Dallas. And then I'm going to be in Dallas on Friday, right, the January 24th. The following week, I'm going to be in New York for two days, and it's going to be Tuesday and Wednesday. Why did I set it up that way? Well, because I have relatives in, 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 in the Dallas area. So I'm going to visit my relatives. I have a niece, sister-in-law, two great nephews. So I'm going to be visiting. 
And now, my New York consultations will be Tuesday and Wednesday. That's January 28th and 29th. And this will be my third trip out there. If you're serious about getting your portfolio assets or optimized and maybe need some help managing your, your accounts, I'd be happy to do that. Happy to talk to you about it. So, you can go to the portfolio review page on investtalk.com and register. Or send me an email and we'll get, be in contact. There's no cost and no obligations, really. There isn't. Remember, too, that you can always call our KPP financial office in Irvine, California, if you want to meet with me in Irvine. My main talking point today, the chief strategist for Morgan Stanley thinks the greatest risk in the equity market remains in growth stocks where expectations are too high and overpriced. Is that right? Is, is he right? We'll talk about that. Kind of, I kind of think he is, but we need to flesh that out a little bit. I've got some other things I want to talk about. How about how much money should you own in stocks? How much stocks should you own as a percentage of your portfolio in retirement? You're retired. Should you be in stocks at all? And how much? Okay. How about um, how about the pillars, uh, how about risks? Uh, let's talk about how much risk. Why paying down your mortgage faster could be a good investment strategy? And how much risk is involved in that? Paying down, is there any risk to pay down your mortgage? Do you think there is? Do you think there isn't? We're going to talk about that. There's risks. And the, the last story I want to get to is jobs. The number one job in 2018 pays $140,000. And its hiring growth has exploded to 74%. This is uh, this is this little survey, little article was produced by LinkedIn. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll go over their 10 10 emerging jobs. Now these are not existing jobs. These are jobs they think that either exist or are going to even get more popular, more jobs. Okay, and what do you think the number one was? And, and I'll give you a hint. A lot of this is in tech, obviously. Tech, the tech industry. Okay, so what did the market do today? Well, it didn't have a great day. It did not. The Dow was down 28. The NASDAQ was down 6. And the S&P down 3. So nothing much. And that was after a pretty good day on Friday. Remember, because of the jobs report? That was sparked the market last week. Um, remember, it was down pretty good size at the beginning of the week and then tried to get that back at the end of the week. It got close, but it's not quite there. Um, but do you remember the week before and the week before that, the last, last couple of weeks, the market was breaking the new highs. So it's now, you know, after a week or so, struggling there. We'll see if it continues to growth. You're in, it's in an upward trend. So you got the trend is your friend. You've got to stay with it. Yeah, stay with it. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. But of course, you come first and you can call our listener line anytime you want, like this person did. Our number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Brian. I'm calling from Oxnard, California. And my question is, uh, what pattern or characteristics do you see in the handful of people that have been very successful in investing in the stock market? Warren Buffett being the, the best example, do you think it's a matter of habits or just being in the right time and place? Thank you for taking my call and I look forward to this. Have a good day. Uh, I think it has more to do with patience. People
people are impatient. They think they're going to make a fortune tomorrow. Look at Warren Buffett. You know, he's one of the, he is the most successful investor. He does, he does not just jump in, jump out. He buys good, solid companies and he just holds on to them. But he makes sure they're, they're good and solid. And he waits until the recession before he puts a ton of money to work. Doesn't mean he doesn't invest outside recessions. And don't think he doesn't make mistakes. He makes plenty of mistakes, huh? You know, there's plenty of times he's bought stocks and gone down hard. His most recent one would be Tiva. He still owns it because he sees value in it. But when he bought it, you know, it fell 50% from where he bought it just about. But patience. Buying good, solid companies and pays. People think they can get in, they can get out. I'll buy this stock and it's go up 10 times in one year. I'll buy this stock and once it's up 20%, I'll sell it and go get another one. That's probably the worst type of investor because that eventually does not work. Patience works. Time in the market. Not time in the market. Time in the market what works. Time in the market. It's hard to teach that, though. But you still got to buy good, solid companies. You still got to pay attention to them in case something changes. But patience is what you need. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We present this program with five new shows each weekday, week, week, Monday through Friday. And it is broadcast and streamed live in our 4 o'clock hour Pacific time on our website. And I hope you'll join our friends and family and members uh, at investtalk.com. Listen to the show investtalk.com and of course we have a large podcast audience and library you can browse by topic listen or subscribe please take a second to rate and and rate our show there i would you know we can get it you can download through itunes spotify google play and now i'm taking your questions live 888-99 chart Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with Klein investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Of course, we have our stats that come out every week or change every week that we talk about. Two-year treasury versus the 10-year treasury, not much change there. Still in proper alignment. Gold at $14.65. Oil still the same, around $59. It's getting kind of boring talking about this stuff because it doesn't change. So maybe I need to change that format a little bit and oh, you know talk about it less often. But... These are important stats for you to know. Gasoline prices are the same. Because, you know, think about it. Retail sales, for instance. Do you know retail sales, if gasoline prices go up, retail sales go up, and you think, oh, the, the economy is doing well because retail sales went up. Consumer spending is great. But not if it's focused on gasoline. You know, that maybe they're spending on every, other things. Just gasoline is where they're spending. So that you kind of need to know these kinds of things. And did you see me, uh, did you see re- the reading in the Small Business Sentiment Report? Small Business Sentiment. U.S. Small Business Sentiment rose 2.3 points to 104.7, the biggest jump since May of 2018, according to the November Optimism Survey for the National uh, 
Oh gosh, lost it. Guys. <laughs> um, okay, National Federation of Independent Businesses. Now, do you know this is a reversal, right? The previous months of uh, weren't so hot, and now they're jumping. Small business. Gotta pay attention. 80%, I don't, I'm not sure if it's 80, but a huge percentage of the jobs are produced in small businesses out there. So, Owners are aggressively moving forward with their business plans. Small businesses is very, very important. Not big businesses, not nearly as important. They have layoffs and hiring, layoffs. Small businesses where the jobs are really. Now, early data for the streaming wars is getting interesting. We don't, you know, it's just starting really. But Netflix content may or may not be helping retain viewers. Here are some of the stats. Netflix streaming results as measured by... Uh, Five viewing days after their content debut, Martin Scorsese's movie The Irishman delivered 13 million. Uh, compare that with Netflix exclusive Bird Box, it had 16.9 million. And previously, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, 8.2 million. Now, the problem is, is Netflix can't produce enough content. It's competing with who? It's competing with Disney. It's competing with AT&T, who bought, uh, who bought Time Warner. Their content is huge. And they're not going to let Netflix get some of their content because they're now competitors. I think that's where the problem's going to be for Netflix. Great company, but they're going to, the competition is going to be very stiff coming up. Very stiff. Uh, and I think that if I was to bet, if I was to bet, I, I would bet on Disney. I would just bet. Disney, you know... Um, it makes huge amounts of money in their movies, and then they can take those movies, put it on on their on their new streaming service, right? I mean, and then they they have they they own ABC, okay? So well, think about all that content. Anyways, on the next investor, the U.S. has helped China build its economy for decades, and now during a time of trade war tensions. China reportedly wants America to step back so Boeing can use, can rise in power. Um, can Beijing can rise in power. This complicates things. That's going to be the story tomorrow, by the way. We're going to talk about in detail tomorrow. There, you know, China, China is our competitor, everybody. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name's Ellen. I'm from San Bruno, and I'm calling because I'm interested in getting an index fund, which is um, traded, I believe, um, it's like sort of like a life insurance policy, and it's based on the S&P 500, and it goes up, and like, you don't lose any money, and I want to know your opinion, and if you could give some information about getting one, I believe it's called an index traded fund or something, but it's like a life insurance policy. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, that's been around a long time. It's called a, an indexed uh, index whole life or universal life policy, and what they do is they exist, and what they do is they guarantee you no losses. So if you put a hundred thousand dollars in 
for 10 years, uh, you won't, you'll get your $100,000 back at the very minimum. You do have to leave it alone for like 10 years. And the reason why they do this, you have to lock it in, is because almost every, any 10-year period in the stock market, the market has gone up. So they feel pretty confident about guaranteeing you that $100,000. And there's no guarantee of returns. Now, since they know the market generally goes up, they also cap your returns. In other words, you can't make so much um, um, I, so much a year. If, you, if it goes up 15%, the market goes up 15%, you might be capped at 8%. So next year, when the market goes down 15%, you're going to go down the whole 15%. Then the next year, the market goes up another 15%. You're capped again at 10. So you have a difficult time catching up when you have any decent down year. But it guarantees you no losses. I don't like them. Because they're capping your your, your potential. You're, they're capping. Why don't you just buy an index fund? Why buy? And then go buy term life insurance. Don't buy a whole life universal life. Buy term life insurance. If you need life insurance, buy term life. Invest the premium that you would have paid for the whole life universe life directly into an S&P 500 index fund, and you're going to be way ahead of the game. Yes, this is what you'll say. But there's no guarantee that that I won't lose money. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. But there's no guarantee you make money with the other way either. So, you know, it depends on what you want out of life. Yeah. You know, if, if you're going to invest in index funds, invest in index funds. Just don't invest more than you're comfortable with. 888-99-CHART. Let's talk, let's talk to, uh, to Mac and Cabo. How you doing, Mac? Very good, Steve. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. You bet. Um, I was calling about uh, TAP, Molson Coors. Um, I was thinking if it goes sideways for a while, a little bit, if this might be a good time to get in. Okay, let's take a quick look at it then. Let's see. Okay, Bolson Coors Brewing Company manufactures beers primarily sold under the Coors Light, uh, Carling, Keystone, Filsner, and Molson brands. Uh, it is a ten billion dollar company. They make four. They're going to make four dollars and two cents this year. They made four dollars and thirty two cents last year. They made five dollars a year before. So, sales are dropping three or four percent a year, and earnings are dropping five to seven, eight percent a year, recently. So, that's why the stock has been heading south. It's gone from what uh, over a hundred dollars a couple of years ago. Today they're fifty, fifty one dollars and twenty one cents. So. The question is, is it gone down far enough? Is it a good price now? If you're going to make $4 and you give it a 10 PE, that's $40, right? It's at 50, 51 Correct. right now. So the PE is like going to be uh, a 13 or so next year. And their five-year range is 11 to 35. So that's a pretty low PE. And they're paying a 4.5% dividend, which I think they're going to be able to easily sustain simply because the cash flow is almost $10 a share. So your question about is it a good time to get in now? This might be around fifty bucks. Might be forty nine, fifty bucks. Might be the bottom because it looks like it's hit that back in August and September, bounced up to fifty eight. Now back down to fifty. So if you you want to buy this for the dividend and the possibility of some capital appreciation, not a, not going to be great. 
but this might be a good time to buy it. Okay. okay. Very good. Thanks so Thanks much. Thanks for the call. I appreciate, appreciate it. The only thing I don't like, I don't like the sales and uh, falling slowly and the um, earnings are falling slowly. They got to do something to turn that around. You know, maybe, and I think it's, I think it's because of the younger generation, they, they like those craft beers. Yeah. They're not drinking any less beers. They're just drinking more craft kind of beers. Anyways. Okay. How much did Costco website problems cost the company in lost sales over the cyber holiday period? Well, both Costco and Nordstrom rack websites crashed on Black Friday as customers tried to shop for bargain prices and there was just massive amount of interest, okay? Costco's website was down or causing slow loading and response issues for 16 hours. It is estimated to have cost Costco $9 million. Is that a lot of money? Probably not. Not for Costco. Costco is huge, right? I mean, what does their sales? 40 47 and a half billion last quarter. So nine months not a lot. Trivia question. Okay, we ha- this is a quick question. As we approach the end of two no- 2019, it's time to take a look at the year-end list. And let's look at the last decade. What was the best performing stocks, including reinvested dividends, since 2009? All the last decade. I'll have the answer after the break. But now... I'm taking your market and financial questions, so you can call 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And this philosophy is why KPP Financial can be of great value to investors. KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are committed to unbiased guidance, They don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments. Instead, Steve and Justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial, you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through investtalk.com. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Contact KPP Financial. It's another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The InvestTalk phone lines are open, so call now, 888-99-CHART. Welcome back, everybody. Um, okay, I, before the break, I had a trivia question for you. Um, okay, and this was about um, the last decade. Which stock in the last decade, okay, had the best returns? U.S. stocks have have had what you know a great decade, right? We know that because the market crashed in two thousand eight, started to make a comeback in two thousand nine. Remember that. So that's the question. Which companies had this had the stock that performed best with reinvested dividends over the past decade? We're talking about from 2009 until now. And here's my answer. According to the Market Watch, according to Market Watch, here are the top five performing stocks. Netflix is the contact streamer business. Okay, we know that. 
Uh, total return from 2009 to December 2019, 3,767%. Okay, market access holdings, MKTX. These are reinvested banks and brokers. Total return, 3,182. Abiomed, AM. ABMD, medical specialist. Total return, 2,121. Notice that these companies are companies you really haven't heard of. Tran, number four is Transdigim Group. It's in the aerospace and defense industry. 2,065% return. And then Broadcom. So the two that you probably recognize, Netflix is number one and number five, Broadcom. Uh, AVGO is a symbol for Broadcom. Semiconductors, total return, 1,919. That's what it is. Now you know why we, Justin and I always tell you to diversify. Diversify your portfolio. You know, get you, you want to get lucky with one of these guys. And that's really, you know, you, it's very difficult to pick the big winners. It's just super difficult. Don't don't think you can just do What people do is they, I just gave this list, right? I guarantee you someone's going to go out and buy these stocks, think they're going to have the repeat. And they won't repeat these kinds of returns in the next 10 years. It'll be some other companies. And that's the danger about buying lists of past performing great stocks. Doesn't necessarily repeat. Sometimes it does, but not necessarily. Most of the time it doesn't. Amazon was a runner-up, okay, that 1,200%. So, you know, O'Reilly Automotive, they were number 19 on this, 1,000%. So, you know, there are, you know, the, there's companies you'll know. My main poking, po- my main poking, my main talking point today concerns this story. The chief strategist for Morgan Stanley thinks the greatest risk in the equity markets right now remains growth stocks. They're the risk. He says the expectations are too high. And I have to agree with them. Okay, we know to 2018, the FANG stocks did great. And some of them continue to do great this last this year. Okay, people now have expectations of all these big blue chip tech stocks. These big tech stocks are where it's going to be, where you need to be for, you know, good, great returns. And what's happened is valuations on these stocks are too high. Like, you know, take a look at Amazon. I love Amazon. That's a great company. Of course, now you know the government's coming after them and Facebook and others, but it's a great company. But is no way worth near 77 times earnings. It's too expensive. It's not even close. It's just not, it's just ridiculous. Okay, maybe something more reasonable, which would be, I don't know, Microsoft? Let's talk about Microsoft. Maybe that would be a more reasonable price-earnings ratio. I'm just using the very simple P-E ratio. And you just look at Microsoft, well, that, you know, that's much better, but it's still 30. What's the average for the market? 15, 16 over long periods of time. Low inflation, maybe in granted 17 P-E. You know, maybe 18 even. Because of very low inflation, you can't. You can't. So if stocks go to normal valuations. It's no way they can. These big blue chip stocks can sustain these kind of numbers. Apple used to have a pretty low valuation. I mean, it was you know 15 or so just a couple of years ago. Now it's 23, and it's only growing sales two three percent. Earnings are growing 10 14 percent per year, but not sales. 
Well, why is it? And that, this is the least expensive of probably all of them. This is what I'm talking about. This is what Morgan Stanley's talking about. The greatest risk to the market is that these stocks are going to go to normal valuations, and that means the market's going to either go down or earnings or go sideways and not move at all while earnings catches up. That's what they're talking about. And obviously, I think I agree with them. Obviously, I agree with them. Um, that doesn't mean you sell your Microsoft. I'm, I wouldn't. It doesn't mean you sell Apple. I'm not. Um, I, we, you know, it just means that you have to understand where you are in relationship to history and the market, and it always reverts to the mean. And you just have to understand that you're taking a higher level of risk in certain stocks. That's all. Doesn't mean you don't own them, but it does mean you don't go out and buy more. You don't need to do that. Okay, let's keep uh, things moving along. This came. This call came in earlier. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi Steve. Hi Justin. Love your show. This is Darren from Modesto, and had a quick question. My wife and I are looking to sell our rental property, and the ten thirty one exchange is obviously the best way to go to avoid capital gains. Well, we've been doing a little studying on DFT, Delaware Statuary Trust. Just wondering what you thought of that. Thank you. Hmm. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm familiar with that, Delaware Statutory Trust. I, I'm not familiar with that, so I can't even answer that question. When he was talking about a 1031 exchange, everybody, when you have a piece of property and it has uh, the valuations have gone up, uh, or even if they haven't. You can exchange that property for another kind of property as long as it's the same value and not pay capital gains. It's got to be equal or higher value. I think that's the rule. And there, and if you do it, and you got to do it, sell the old one and buy the new one within a certain period of time, you got to be careful. And then you can avoid capital gains on your rental properties if you wanted it. Like, let's say you had a single family home and now you now you look, one thing about I want to get a fourplex and I want to sell the single family rental and get that fourplex rental it's a little more cost but I don't want to pay and you can avoid capital gains taxes now what Delaware statutory trust does I don't know I'm not I'm not familiar with it is it, so I can't answer the question sorry about that I'm Steve Peasley and you're listening to invest talk as you make your investment choices there will always be a bit of Fear that creeps into your judgment. You know, always fear and greed are the only two emotions that matter in the marketplace. And fear is the one that most people react to. Yes, they do They do react to greed by being, you know, but fear is the one I worry most about. So my advice for dealing with that, you know, is figure out what your comfort zone is. And at KPP Financial, we can help you with that. We have a tool, free online tool called at investtalk.com. We call it Riskalyze. It's a risk questionnaire, and it scores your personal risk tolerance from zero to 100. And we determine how risky, how comfortable you are with how much risk. 80 is the risk of the S&P 500, just so you know. So how much is your risk tolerance before you start to worry and maybe react to your fear or your greed? That's what this tool is supposed to help with. So you can go to investtalk.com, take the risk questionnaire. I'm ready for your calls, your questions, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley has added two new portfolio review trips to his schedule. Steve will be in Dallas, Texas 
on Friday, January 24th, and he'll return to New York City for two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th. These are no-cost and no-obligation consultations. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Steve and Justin welcome your investing questions, and the phone lines are open. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. Lee from North Carolina here. Love the show. Just taking a look at Carnival Cruise Lines, ticker symbol CCL. On the surface, it seems like a pretty undervalued stock right now, and they pay a very nice dividend. But I just wanted to get you guys' opinion if you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing or if there's something I'm missing, if you guys think it would be a good buy right now. Look forward to hearing the answer on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, Carnival Carnival Corporation uh, operates cruise vacations with 103 ships under 10 brands servicing North America, Asia, Australia, and Europe. So it's a, a big company, $32 billion company. You know, what's nice about them is they're, they're very consistent about growing their money. I mean, they're going to make $4.42 a share la- next year. They made four twenty-eight last year, four twenty-six the year before, three eighty-two the year before that, three forty-five the year before that, two seventy. It's always growing. Okay, growth, speed of growth, how fast is a question, but sometimes it, some years it grows more than others. And its sales have always been consistent, you know, between 7 and 10% pretty consistent. Sometimes more, sometimes a little less, but very consistent. When you're buying a big company, you look for that consistency. So, how much is a company worth? They're going to borrow $4.42 in earnings, and it's a $45 stock. That tells you the PE is right around what? Uh, 10. 10 point something. The five-year PE range is 9 to 24, return on equity is 12%, pays a 4.4% dividend, and yes, this is a good price. This is a good price. It fell down to $40 a share back in October. Today is at 45 so it's gone up $5. What's that, 12% in the last couple, three months? <laughs> I wish they would do that every two, three months for me, every stock. And it's paying you a 4.4% dividend. And they don't have huge debt, surprisingly. You know, those ships are expensive. They don't. They're not carrying a large amount of debt. Tw- management owns 24% of this company. Kind of like it. Kind of like it. CCL is a symbol. Carnival, Carnival Corporation. I mean, they have 100 and, what did I say? 103 ships. Those are those big old honking ships. Pretty good. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So if you're in retirement, how much stock should you own? There used to be a philosophy that you should own hardly any in retirement because it's too risky. You can't risk your retirement money. And that's changed over the years to you got to own some stocks. You got to have some stocks to keep up with inflation. Even though we don't have much inflation right now, the long-term inflation rate is like 3% for the United States. 3% 3% a year. So the idea is to keep enough stocks to stay ahead of inflation because, you know, the cost of living is going to keep going up in the future. So that's today's philosophy. I my philosophy is you're going to have to ha- you're going to have some stocks. You got to have some stocks, but it depends on you. It depends on you. Now, what what are some of the risks that you're taking with your inflation? You got the, the, the I mean, with your retirement, the obvious one that I mentioned was inflation, but there's other risks too. 
What if you're holding up bonds and you just you don't want to take the stock market risk? Well, there's the risk of interest rates. If interest rates rise, the value of your bonds or your bond fund will go down. So your assets value will go down. You'll still make your yield. And this is one of the reasons why I advocate owning the bonds directly. Yeah, the value of the bonds might go down, but they always return to par at maturity. Well, a mutual fund or ETF of bonds never matures. It just operates at whatever the value is. And if interest rates creep up, the value goes down. Interest rates go down, the value goes up. The third risk uh, as you're in retirement is that not having enough growth. And that's why the idea of buying stocks is catching on more and more even in retirement. You need the growth to stay ahead of inflation and to keep up with your 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 uh, living standard. And you got to remember, as you get older and older and older, medical cost is going to go up. Don't think Medicare pays for everything. It doesn't. They don't pay for everything. I know for a fact. Um, my my mother-in-law died a number of years ago with cancer and she you know medicare didn't pay for a bunch of tests that she needed and so you know you just have you as a relative have to step forward but you have to do, take care of yourself the fourth risk is what's called sequence of returns risk and that you that what that what that means is even if you invest in the stock market somewhat in retirement, you might be retiring just as the stock market crashes and you start needing that money. So your nest egg will go down from the market falling and you withdrawing money. And so you have trouble making up the difference and it can compound very painfully in a down market. So there's issues out there you got to consider. You really got to consider. But uh, I will say this. In general, you should have some exposure to the stock market in retirement. I think that exposure should not be high-risk, high-volatility, tiny companies. I think the risk should be low-risk, big blue-chip companies paying dividends. Buy them right, and eventually, you know, they'll go up in value. You want some growth. You want those big blue-chips to have growth. Not a ton of growth, because they can't, but some growth. Think about a company, well, I can't mention companies, but if you mention one, I'll tell you if that fits the bill. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you grow your financial freedom, you know, get to that goal anyways, help you grow the money. And of course, we will continue our work right after this break, so get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, the U.S. has helped China build its economy for decades. And now, during a time of trade war tensions, China reportedly wants America to step back. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. 888-992-4278. Jason, El Segundo, how you doing? Good. How are you, Steve? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Great. Hey, I really enjoyed the show. You and Justin have helped me out greatly. And today my question is Thank about uh, technical indicators when wanting to buy individual companies. 
I've been looking at the yes. MACD and Stochastic, and I'm wondering uh, for individual companies what you recommend we look at for the right time to buy. Okay, okay. I, I'll tell you what I, I have constantly up on my on my screens when I look at a chart. Remember, chart is the last thing you look at. You want to make sure you buy a company with the fundamentals first. Fundamentals are primary way, that's the main thing you can consider. Once you have the fundamentals, the chart only helps you decide where to buy. You know, what, where should I buy it at? What's a good price? Give me a good price on it. And I always have relative strength indicator. I always have MACD. I always have volume. Okay? Those three things, and I always have moving averages. I have the 20, the 50, the 100, and 200-day moving average on every every on my screens. When I pull up a screen, that's my set. That's what I have. Okay, so now I look for a stock that has bottomed or double bottomed and is coming off that. I like that. If I don't get that, I like a stock that's breaking up to new 52-week high. I'll take either one of those kind of breakouts and I'll, I'll be a buyer. I also look for certain patterns that are pretty rare, like uh, a cup and handle pattern. Have you ever heard of that? No, I have Cup haven't. and handle? Okay. Um, no. I look for that pattern, and what it is is the stock over a year period made a long fall, a bottom kind of for a couple, three months, and it started coming up, and it, it comes up to the, the that makes a like a bottom of a cup, right? And it comes right up to right. where it was at the beginning, and then it has another little dip and a shorter little come back up to a triple top, and that's the handle. And if it breaks up above that, that's a great buying signal. There's, there's all kinds of different Wonderful. patterns Thanks. that are out there. Okay, so just you just you learn these things over time. You learn them by reading, and you just observe the patterns. Um, and I do like a stock that bases a long time. Now it goes sideways for a while. I mean, months, and maybe even a year or two, and then breaks up. That's a good time to be a buyer. There's just some of them. Some of them, Jason. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 888-99-CHART. Okay, um, should you pay down your mortgage faster? Now you know I'm big. I'm big on drawing down your mortgage, paying it off, get rid of it. Don't have one mortgage in retirement, and I'm I'm still very big on that. Okay, um, but how should you do it? And is it is it wise? What are the dangers? What are the uh, what are the negatives about that? See, I've always talked about the positive, right? But I, you know, I don't want to mislead anybody. There are some drawbacks to that, and so. You know, what's some of the drawbacks? You know, they, there's an article that gives an example of someone borrowing $400,000 and has a $1,910 payment per month, a 30-year fixed mortgage. And if she instead of paid and has plenty of cash flow, she makes lots of money. Instead of paying 1910 pay 3500 And the house, instead of being 30 years, the payment would be off. You pay this house off in 12. Now, I actually did that with my second home in which I paid $500 extra a month to get it paid off in 10 because it was a 30-year fixed mortgage due in 10. So I knew it was due in 10. I didn't want to have a balloon payment in 10 years or I had to refinance in 10 years. So I figured out the math and paid it off. But, you know, the fact, there's some negatives. There's some drawbacks to paying off your mortgage. Like you pay off that mortgage and you will have the only interest deduction on your income is a mortgage. It's gone. So there goes your interest mortgage deduction, right? 
Now, that maybe you won't need that, but that is a, a, a drawback. And inflation or, or deflation could affect whether or not you should be pay the mortgage off faster or slower. Okay, well, yeah, so there's, there's, there's that. What will inflation do? I mean, you're using today's dollars, and maybe you don't want to use today's dollars. Well, maybe you want to use 20 years from now dollars when it's inflated to much less value. So there's, there's, there's the reasons. You got to look at both sides of everything. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. I will return tomorrow. Please tell your friends that I'm coming to Dallas and New York in January. They can benefit, hopefully, from my no-cost free portfolio reviews, and we'll talk about what invest, uh, KPP Financial can do for them. Learn more and register soon at investtalk.com. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHARTS.